The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org. I don't know where it started. Maybe the Unitarian branch of our family, loving and valuing reason and intuition and personal experience, maybe, maybe they realized Christianity wasn't the only place where wisdom gleaned from intuition and reason and experience showed up. So they started to open up the library of human wisdom worldwide for us to consider. Or maybe it was our theological ancestors on the other side, the ones who believed in this all-loving force at the heart of the universe. Maybe it was from that starting place to a quick connection from there to the fact that it didn't really make sense. It didn't follow that this being would damn anyone, no matter what religion they were. And from there, a logical step, I suppose, to wondering why that being wouldn't, if they were able, which they were supposed to be, to offer wisdom and send down truth translated into every language and infused into stories and teachings in every culture. Either way, both traditions came to a similar conclusion. The Bible and the Christian tradition, they weren't the only game in town. There were sacred texts and things to learn in the search for truth and meaning everywhere. It's part of what I love about our tradition that the tradition that you or I were raised in by accident of birth doesn't shut us off from the ways others have found up the mountain. Theologically, philosophically, it's a perk, I guess you could say, that we get permission to study with open hearts and minds all philosophical and cultural and religious traditions the pitfall, however, the danger, of course, is that each culture and tradition we look to outside our own, well, every one of them is layered in history, right? And nuance of place. So to even try to understand the wisdom of a story or tradition as it was intended is very difficult, maybe impossible, without careful study for sure without a guide, more than one, so you see it from angles as myriad as possible. Well, this morning that means I'm very grateful and feel like we're lucky to have Lori Lai and Kat Lu here with us. Kat Lu, where did you move? <laughs> as part of the service. For them and for other members of this community and for people in our city, 
Lunar New Year is a festival and a tradition of great significance, and it feels important to weave it into our shared life, increasingly weave it in. Over time, looking always at who makes up this place and its people, its context, I see us gathering our own liturgical calendar, one that fits who we are and who comes to join us over time and will include, as it always does, already does, so many traditions and holidays that we know are important already here as grounding inspiration. And we won't pretend when we do this, as you well know, that what we do here will be what you'll find in the temples and churches or communities of origin in which those traditions originated. But with luck and an eye toward deep reverence and care, we will bring them in to this conversation among us and listen for these deeper strains of why and what and to what end this particular holy day or festival is one that our members and friends have found year after year helps them hold together better and stronger and more joyfully through this life. So here we are in one such moment. It may not surprise you that I did not grow up in a family that celebrated Lunar New Year. We were all sun-focused and 100% Gregorian. But we never talked about it. It was the calendar we swam in. And Lunar New Year wasn't part of my family's heritage or traditions, but it did come into our lives in small ways. The closest I came was my mother's colleague, a Chinese-American woman who every year, starting when I was a small girl, would send a red envelope home with my mother. Or sometimes my mom would demand that I walk the half mile to the hospital where she worked to accept it in person. I always loved those ornate, gorgeously decorated envelopes. And inside were these crisp dollar bills that I knew were lucky, though I didn't really know why. When I moved out after college on my own, I found a whole stack of those envelopes in my closet, too lucky to risk spending, I think. I continued to get them for years. When I asked my mother once why this was, since I had become an adult by then, mom said, Chow is going to give them to you for as long as you're single. <laughs> it was then that the envelopes felt a little pressured every year. <laughs> I think Chow even started to send me two envelopes at one point. point. So it was both a relief and, and also a little sad when, the year after I got married, the bright red and sometimes gold envelopes didn't arrive anymore. 
I do remember being aware of the zodiac signs. Maybe it was all those years of our weekly Friday night dinner out with the placemats at that time of year. We'd study them and we would revisit the descriptions and ask whether they fit. Pop was a horse, mom was a snake, I was a monkey, earth monkey. That apparently meant that I was probably intelligent, but a little hard to keep focused. That I liked to talk and could be charming, but was in danger of being a little arrogant. It all seemed like this great mix of encouragement and caution, subtly pointing out how our strengths can be our weaknesses too. Occasionally when I would do something passionate but unfocused, mom would say, you're such a monkey. Though she was Dutch and what she knew about all of that was really limited to those red placemats. <laughs> But we were in a city in New York City where people from all over the world showed up and bumped into each other and we, we learned what we could in the places where we touched and crossed. We once went down to Chinatown for the Chinese New Year festival with red firecracker paper covering the black asphalt and the lion dancers. And all I could think about was how much more vivid and exciting this was than the Gregorian celebrations standing in the ice-cold Times Square to watch a disco ball drop on a stick. <laughs> However, we never went to anyone's house for the holiday. I had the, celebra the sense that these celebrations, like our Christmas, was for family. All the more reason I appreciate getting to hear a little more, like we did today from Lori, about what the festival was like for her. This festival that marked the end of winter that was this time to be together. The foods and the practices all designed to reinforce our hopes for a year that started protecting us from harm and cultivating prosperity in the largest sense of that word and hoping that families stayed strong and connected. And this year, the complicated rat holding up for us the complications in life's journeys with ourselves. <laughs> and even that, just that little bit we've been able to peel back this morning strikes me that it gives us room to ask what the spring festival, the new year, might mean for us. So let me offer four possibilities for reflection. This new year, Maybe it's a chance, after a warm week in which winter in San Francisco really does feel like it might be on its way out, to reflect on the wintry places within, ones that might be over, to wonder what buds like those on the cherry blossom pushing their way out from their hiding places might be there in us.
So let me ask you, what might you bid farewell to? To make room for something new, some new life. Or what about that meal that Lori described and the dessert her mother made at the end that she told me this week took hours to cook? Nin gao, is that what it's called? Nin gao. She brought in some. It's sweet and sticky, and it was meant to symbolize family and the need to stick together. I mean, it was really sticky. So, where in your family, in the one you were raised in or the one you have gathered and cultivated around you, is there a need maybe to reach out so things have a chance of being sweeter and more connected this year? Where or to whom might you reach out? Or what about that rat and this year of the rat? I mean, here was this creature who didn't feel very loved and wonders if he's welcome at the party of life. I mean, he isn't the best looking guy on the block. Maybe this year, though, we can choose in the year of the rat to let go of self-consciousness or any chips on our shoulders, the ones that unnecessarily haunt and drive us, and center ourselves somewhere else. I mean, the other piece of the story about the rat that we heard this morning is that the rat clearly has gifts. It's crafty, strategic, determined. So what if we focused on doubling down in determination in some race this year that's worth winning? We honor at least one each week when we ring the gong, closing the camps, tending to human suffering, or where do we focus instead on our gifts and liberate them? Where's the place you want to double down on an endeavor and throw yourself in wild abandon toward it? And finally, I just want to ask how many people here feel like really life for them is regularly a wild and delicious party? Raise your hands. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Someone needs to write down those names. <laughs> well, it's, it's not normally high on my list of priorities fun. It seems like it's part of the grown-up thing that it gets l pushed lower down. I don't mean that I don't think life is lovely. 
and I'm not deeply contented. But I mean, here is Lunar New Year, right? With its fireworks and its fabulous food and its dancing in the street. And next week, it's bright lanterns and people exchanging gorgeous festive envelopes with money crisp and dusted with luck. And I don't know about you, but that feels like this incredible metaphor for what I, at least, need a little more of as fuel in this world. So maybe this new year could be about asking how we can bring more celebration into our lives or what gives us great joy and then promise we'll do even more of it. So let me ask you to do something super corny. Hold your right hand up and repeat after me. I am saying goodbye to wintry things and making room for new life. I will reach out to those relationships. I want to make more sweet and deeply connected. I will cast off self-consciousness and brush chips off my shoulder. Liberate my joy and gifts for life. And leap into endeavors that matter with heart. This I promise. As the cherry blossoms seek to bloom. And the world turns to the beginning of this new year. Happy 4,717 Gung He Fat Choi happiness and prosperity to us all this Lunar New Year. The work of this church in the world is realized through the generous financial support of all who call this place home. Along with the gifts and time and talent, ours is a shared ministry. You have a role to play here. Church membership is open to all. For more information, go to uusf.org. Everything you got, it don't mean a thing. It break up that swing.